Hi, everyone. Good morning. Good Today we're going to be talking about the passage Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14, and it's a famous passage of dry bones. And I uh, just want to share a few points. It's just amazing to picture this scene. Tons of dry and dead bones. They've been dead a long time. And you would think nothing could come of such bones. And yet yeah. God asks, you know, can these bones live? And Ezekiel isn't fully averse to God being able to do something. He says, oh, Lord God, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, first off, I, th- I think just my default view would have been to say, what? Impossible. What can happen to these bones? Yeah. And yet, as we see in this passage, God is God who breathes life into the seemingly dead. If you look at the if you look at the passage, it says there were very many, and it also says the bones were very dry. So it was like they were the deadest of dead. Mm-hmm. And also on top of that, these bones in this vision, they were like completely disgraced. You know, there were bones that did not get a uh, bodies that did not get a proper burial, and it just seemed like a very hopeless situation. Mm-hmm. And yet it's to this vision that Ezekiel says, "Oh Lord yeah. God, you know," instead of meeting it with complete a uh, skepticism. Yeah, and so what happens to these bones? What does God say? He says, um, prophesy to these dry bones um, and say, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord in verse four. And it just, as Ezekiel does it, you know, I think one point that sticks out here is, man, you know, the word of the Lord has the power to bring life uh, to the dead. And not only in this vision, but just as you think about how it plays out in modern context, you know, the word of God, the gospel it has so much power to bring life into people who seem dead. I've mm-hmm. seen it happen in myself. I've seen it happen in others, in our church here in Pittsburgh, just God building up the church from ground up. I mean, it's quite an amazing sight. And I think this would have given Ezekiel just a picture of just the life-giving um, power of God's word. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the process, though. It wasn't just, you know, hear the word of the Lord and all of a sudden zap these bones come to life. But I was thankful for the description. It's very descriptive, actually. There's a process to how revival happens. It first says the bones are joined to bones, and it says there were sinews and there's flesh and skin covers. And then, but the, and even though the body, it seems like there is a full body, at that point, it doesn't seem like there's life just yet. And God tells Ezekiel to prophesy a second time and says, you know, prophesy again to the breath, to have breath, the breath of the Lord. And Ezekiel does that, and that's mm-hmm. when, um, yeah, and that's when the bones truly come back to life. Um, but I was thinking about how it's a process for a lot of us, and I think even, this is like a lot of lessons for ministry. We look at some situation, and it seems like a very dead situation, maybe even for ourselves, maybe our heart seems dead or someone. Um, so yeah, the situation seems very hopeless, but I think we have to just be able to faithfully prophesy and trust that God can join bone to bone at the sinews, at the flesh, at the skin, and ultimately have his breath come into someone and give um, mm. through the gospel, through the word yeah. of God, like Will said. Yeah, so verse 7, it says, so I prophesied as I was commanded later on in verse 10, it says, so I prophesied as he commanded me. And here we just see the, the importance of obedience in speaking God's word, you know, and as Ezekiel obeys, yeah, like Chris said, you know, the bones rise up, they're assembled, you know, this whole process happens. Um, and, and it's because God's word has the power to bring life. Um, but we have to be open to mm. preach and to speak. And, you know, I was thinking about personally, you know, Chris and I were visiting family in California soon. I know many of you guys are visiting family. Mm. And um, whenever I see my family, to be honest, sometimes I just think, these are dry bones, you it's know. A hopeless. Yeah, my my dad's been non-Christian for seventy-two years. There's Chris's grandparents are who are in their eighties. Um, there's even like you know some of my uh, family members who once went to church, and sometimes I think, man, what can bring life into them? And I was just reminded here that actually God's breath can, God's mm. word can. I've seen it happen before. I know it can happen. I trust that it can happen. Mm. And perhaps this time, as I as I, we go back home, um, there will be an opportunity. Um, to speak some words, to prophesy of what God says, mm-hmm. and, and pray 
that um, God's word can and will bring life into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and God will use people like God uses Ezekiel in this vision. Like mm-hmm. someone is there to prophesy the word of the Lord to these bones. Mm-hmm. And that role can be fulfilled by us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just a little bit of encouragement, you know, I know, again, you know, many of us are going home over the break and um, maybe just pray that this can be an opportunity that you can prophesy and speak some words of life um, to those at home. Um, Final point, I was just thinking three times in this passage, God says, and you shall know that I am Lord. Um, One time in verse six, later on again in verse 13, again in verse 14. Um, And just this picture of, you know, as we do God's work, um, we get a chance to really know that he is the Lord um, as we speak who he is. You know, we ourselves understand better that God is the Lord of our lives. God is the Lord of this world. And uh, just that God really wants us to know him. Mm. Right. And, and I think just even in this picture um, through Ezekiel, we see just um, God sharing his heart, um, his ultimate desire that there would be life and that people would know him. And, and, and in a sense, those are one and the same thing. Mm. Um, so that's all for today. Oh, I wanted to add something. Okay, go So we'll, we're just discussing the context of this and the for the passage and when did this vision take place. And you know, Will was telling me it was during the fifth year of the deportation of Israel, I guess, mm-hmm. Israelites to Babylon. It was in the middle of the exile of Judah. And I was thinking about how it seemed, the situation itself seemed like a very hopeless situation. And then there's I was thinking about verse 14. How it says, Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord. It says, you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord. And I think in the midst of a situation, it, it's, 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 it's a choice for us to choose to trust God at his word or not. Um, you know, we might not know the timing of how something will work out. We don't know how God is going to work, you know, what the time frame is. But we can trust that if God promises something, he will surely do it. And I think in the interim period, it's an opportunity for us to just simply to continue to obey. I was just thinking again about how, yeah, thinking about my own family, thinking about different things in ministry, how dejected I can get. But am I going to trust this, that God says, I am the Lord, he has spoken, and he will do it. And and I think Ezekiel is someone to model after, as someone who trusts God, that he can do it, he will do it, and that he knows what he's doing. Mm. Amen.